There's only one game. There's only one good board game. And Scrabble. No, I won't be revealing it. It's too elite for you. <laughs> um, Is it Catan? No, it's Go. <laughs> oh, I've been playing Go. Go's very good. Um, I'm not good at Go. I'm better at chess. I'm fucking horrible at Go. I don't like chess. Chess gives me anxiety. Um, don't we all? I mean, Go also gives me... Uh, there's no, I've yet to find a game that doesn't give me anxiety. Um, maybe like Pokemon. Because it doesn't require any, like, real-time. Slime time. Rancher. Well, it doesn't... Like, the thing about Pokemon, right, is that it was designed by someone like me who didn't like having any form of quick-time event. Mm. Like, they're just like, I want to do everything. I, you can do everything in Pokemon on your own time, which is what I look forward to. Any sort of timed thing, and I'm just out. My IQ drops to, like, three. Um, speaking of timed things. Speaking speaking of trying to speedrun this before um, I get stuck um in a ditch somewhere in nicholasville <laughs> this is lame this is the lexington anti-establishment marxist experience all right a little played but all right my name is jenry i'm aaron and this is a show about news and politics and whatnot in the lexington and greater central kentucky area or something like that i don't know that's right i wing it every time it's um, uh, valentine's day here in the bluegrass <laughs> says i've walked in on a valentine's day special you did fuck me <laughs> love is dead folks um i don't know uh, apparently city government doesn't love its citizens um city government love city government has a interesting relationship with the citizens we're so we're going to be talking about that and everyone's favorite sort of um uh you know we're sort of like um we're like couples therapy for the city of lexington right <laughs> Um, so you, you either go, you know, to your big fancy, um, uh, you know, you, you pay real money and it's on your real insurance at your salary job to go to, uh, I don't know, like civic Lex to get your sort of Lexington therapy. Or if you're a real one, you just know us. Um, and, <laughs> and you just, you just come by during my break and I tell you what, and I give you the skinny. We're um, like the Saul Goodman of uh couples therapy i don't know who, of, i don't know who saul goodman that was, is. A break, that was another pop culture reference uh yes oh, we're all about pop culture references here on the um local city council politics um podcast correct yeah um what else do we got uh we have social media and email yes you can follow us on twitter at lame pod and you can also email us all of your death threats sign us up for spam email don't and sign also up. sign us up for every single list serve imaginable if there's like one thing i don't want them to do with the email is to sign me up for bullshit please please send us all of your spam and nigerian prince scams lexlamepod at gmail.com that was the well, that was the phrase i was looking for is the actual email thank you aaron uh, wait, do we say our Twitter? Do we say what our Twitter we is? We did say our Twitter. Okay, cool. Lame pod. All right. My, my mind is elsewhere today, folks. Um, uh, my mind is, of course, on, unless we have anything else to say at the beginning of the podcast. I would like to announce that uh, there is, in case you haven't noticed, if you don't live in Lexington, there is a freak snowstorm happening it's right now. It's not a freak snowstorm. I'm trying to, we're recording this in a unique location right now and i can't like my legs have fallen asleep because i'm in <laughs> i'm basically on the ground recording this one we're trying to do this one quick because i just got off work and i would really like <laughs> to get back to my house before um the ice storm part two electric boogaloo returns um and just just fucks my life up um everyone's favorite i hate i hate living out in the country guys i just 
if I lived like Aaron did, I could just simply walk to the places I needed to go to um, and not deal with this bullshit like you can car. still walk where you need to go I, I literally can't if i walked where i needed to go i would literally die i would get a, i would um, i would die there is don't don't even play these games you can't bike anywhere can't even take my moped it's all stupid i'm losing it out here um speaking of losing it out here um our our favorite competition um those uh our boys at civic lex um they're out and they're up to some stuff folks they're up to some stuff um civic lex at the most recent um general government uh yeah general government and social services committee which all of our favorites on city council are a member of we got uh legree we got Sheehan. no Sheehan. 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 we got liz Sheehan. we got Han legree we even got james brown the whole gang's here we even have the other brown um all the all, everyone's favorites um, are at this one, and thank God because this council meeting had a this committee had a, a tall plate today. Not today, whenever they met, it was like on the ninth or something. This what? week. This week, yeah. Um, and uh, they did a lot of things, right? One was that they gave an official audience to everyone's favorite state-sponsored media, Civic Lex, um, and Civic Lex wants to. Um, they want to do things. They want to improve um, how public comment works. But after COVID, they're totally not interested in whatever dumb stuff's going on right now, which I applaud them. Neither am I. Um, they want to, in a very sort of neoliberal way, do like a whole task force, data recovery, retrieval sort of survey thing and try to develop a better digital solution to public comment. Um, which like generally I agree with, um, but they just like, they showed up to this council meeting, right? And they're like, what we're proposing to you, we're going to do pro bono. It will not cost you anything. Ladies and gentlemen, we will simply partner with both UK, Transylvania and awesome incorporated, which is the thing I've never heard of. Oh, they're a really big tech company. That's what I assumed. Yeah. And they want to, um, start, uh, doing data retrieval so they can try and find a better way that public commentary comments works which i agree um, improvements me need to be made because one hand right like the people that aren't like aggressively following city politics right by the time they hear about something and want to make a public comment on it it's like the first or second reading and that's simply too far along in the process for work to not be wasted too much has changed yeah well when, when everyone shows up to the meeting they're like we hate this and this council's like well we can't do this i guess we have to scrap this one it makes everyone that works in city government a little mad because they're like we did all this work why didn't they say the things at the meetings because no one knew you were having the meetings my man um i'm sorry so civic lex wants to do something about this um so they're gonna have two studies right one study for city staff where they're just going to ask city staff what they want out of public comment. And then they're going to go to the public, whatever that is. Um, and they're going to ask the public what they want in a comment process. They want the public to publicly comment on public comment. Yes. Thank you. Um, so, and then stage two, they're going to present these findings and they're going to investigate other tech. If like, I, I don't, it was very even as they were delivering it it was just like kind of very incoherent exactly what they were doing because the answer because obviously the answer is well we don't know what we're going to do yet we haven't done the study right uh -huh. so they're what asking do, for money 
No, they're not. That's oh, the yeah, thing. They, they're doing it pro bono. They don't. They, <laughs> they're just doing it. They're like, we just want to do this, right? Well, because they're state-sponsored media anyways, yes. right? I mean, you know. I mean, the, the truly, the only true solution to public comment is to just insert a chip into my brain, and then I can get uh, all of my comments in via wi- wireless communication I, directly. To, I don't. I don't agree with. To handle agree. I can't even joke about this. I'm too. It freaks me out too bad. And uh, uh, and then also Civic Lex can put a chip in my brain where they can just tell me what to think. Folks, about... I'm running out of real estate of chip space in my brain. I can only. I've already dedicated one to McDonald's, and I've dedicated another one to Civic Lex. I can't give another one just for my city councilor, please. Anyway, so, um, like. Our, and meanwhile, our girls, our freshman uh, council members, um, GN and the, Legree. The squad. This, I, <laughs> I suddenly have changed my opinions about everything in politics um, following <laughs> that statement. Um, these council people, um, who will now go unnamed um, because of some branding that my co-host has assigned them that I um, hurts me, um they are bring up some very important points because when they ask when you're surveying when you're doing the survey of the public are you uh, who is who is in the survey what are you doing to make sure that um you know the uh, more marginalized groups in lexington are getting being able to put input on it and they're like this is something we are also thinking about we don't have an answer for you we want to we, we agree with you but we don't have an answer there was a lot of like i agree but i don't know what to do kind of thing it actually it very it felt like a meeting many meetings that i myself have been in so it made me it's a very humbling moment to learn that um everyone is just a an idiot in meetings so nobody knows what to do no one really knows what to do um they kept they they, they talked about this phrase civic tech civic technology I see on on your notes it looks like what like uh, just some absolutely crazy like chicken scratch like this ramblings. Is, uh, like just my handwriting. You've you've um you've like you're connecting the dots and like I'm just gonna like come into a room, and you're uh you've been there for like three days. And yeah. You just have civic tech question mark question mark question mark. I do I do a lot of just like writing a proper noun and then adding question marks. That is that is a big um big uh, way that i do things okay i'm standing up again because my feet have what already you, died what if you sit in my chair that's right behind you we would have to move the mic it's unacceptable <clears throat> oh, we're no. just gonna have to um let the listeners in on sort of um this a uh, very very big um uh, experiment in um trying to record a podcast on the ground um i'm just sitting crisscross I, I, I don't have i'm not tall enough to sit crisscross i have what? to <laughs> I'm like my look when I sit crisscross. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Now well, that's all right. I'm just my now my neck's gonna be fucked up, but that's fine. I do this for you. It was director <laughs> Richard Young of Civic Lex was the guy that came to give this presentation, um, and yeah. So there then they were like, okay, so we want to accept this proposal, but we don't know necessarily what the proposal is. So what do we do? And they sat there a while. They got someone over from the law department, which is my new favorite department at city council. These are just like, it's just a room full of like constitutional scholars, basically. Wait, isn't isn't the entire city council the law department? No, you would think. You would think. <laughs> um, you would think that the people that pass the laws is the law department. But no, um, the people that simply know what the law is. Oh my God, can we call? No. Oh, 
god guys i'm living in nightmare land we can we can do a we can do a, a retake i can cut the a i can retake? cut the i can cut the chair part out no no the, this is i can cut the uh, this is raw listen you can you can cut whatever you want out of this podcast <laughs> um i am i am trying to stay true to the experience of podcasting um and if there's you know if there's not every once in a while if you don't go just go if you don't just go like off the rails every you know other month like what's the what's the point of it right the snow has done us in the snow has i haven't left my house in like a week the snow has really done me in um so the like basic recommendation that i can give and that some of the city councilors Want, have sort of indicated that they want like the best possible solution that seems it's going to come out of this before we do any surveying i can just tell you it because i'm clairvoyant right um if we can just have like a bill tracker in the same way that the state does right so, and i know that bills don't work the same way that resolutions and ordinances do right but the thing you, you want some sort of tracking thing and then this is a, this is what people talked about you want custom notifications right so you can set you can go into this civic technology platform or whatever you know civic tech civic tech platform the next big dumb silicon valley thing anyway you can go into this thing and theoretically you'll be able to just indicate like hey i live in this area and everything that's in like this area notify me for um like like you know basically that i don't know hopefully what when this comes they're they're gonna expecting to start this thing in march if they figure out how to start it they've made a unanimous motion to draft a resolution for the civic lex project so hopefully this gets started in march um although i'm a pessimist i say they're not going to get everything done till april because of how infrequent these committee meetings are think about how useful this will be for fellow podcasters um no this is this is taking my work away from me oh no um we need to unionize (laughs) podcasters around the world we need to unionize against civic technology so they um don't make us useless um i don't want my job to be be replaced by a robot i'm kidding of course we've never been opposed to a more open city government right because what if what if we die one day right what if what if gonna govern well, I mean, who's going to who's going to figure out what's going on in government anymore? Right. I mean, what are we going to have to read civic lex? Mm-mm. Or get, well, I mean, what happens if like Beth Musgrave decides to quit? Then what then what is the then what are the Herald leaders readers going to do? I mean, recycle the paper. Recycle the paper, yeah. Um if they could even recycle in this hell future. That's true. Um yeah. Um so if she's gone all bets are off. Yeah um so city councilors generally though were like this is a good thing i want us to be more um in contact with our with our constituents i wish our constituents knew more about what we did and i'm like yeah and that's why civic lex is um sponsored media state sponsored media um in short um this this uh organization civic lex showed up to a committee meeting and just said yes this is what we're gonna do we don't exactly know what but we have some we know some people we're gonna do some things and they're like we love this we love this civic lex go for it see uh next time we're gonna have lame show up and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna, get, we're gonna get two members of lame elected that's what I'm, th- I'm i'm definitely i keep i do keep thinking about this i do keep thinking um 
when are we going to get the lame plant on city councilor, right? You know, it's like it's like um, we, we're starting to see our very first like QAnon House of Representatives members. Yes. When are we going to get like a lame pilled uh, um, city councilor? Only time will tell. And uh, we might stay, have you keep know, listening to find out more. Uh, the nature of living in Lexington is that probably someone in city government's already listening to our podcast, right? That would right? be that would be wild, but I seriously doubt it. Uh, yeah, I'm just waiting. And then and then you know tomorrow we get the email in from Hannah Legree like, hey, shut up. I'm actually more worried about Civic Lex people emailing us because of how 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 much we like to you know trash yeah, on those guys. The Civic Lex lackeys are going to get ci- to us. Yeah, it's the Civic Lex stands are coming for us. The um, the whole the whole uh, bureaucracy of Civic Lex is uh, is such that we're going to get an email from some yeah. intern. Who's like in middle school right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hannah Agree would be the perfect double jeopardy, right? Being both a civic lex director, um, and uh, <laughs> and on city council. I'm ready for civic lex to get incorporated into the government of Lexington. Uh, I mean, that's kind of. I mean, that kind of seems the natural progression for civic lex. Um, but I honestly don't think it will happen because this government's too scared to pursue anything but public-private partnerships. They're too scared to nationalize civic lex. Um, not in the, not in the lame agenda. If if lame ever takes the mayoral ship in a majority of the council, we're absolutely nationalizing civic lex and the water supply. Um, <laughs> that's right, folks. Um, our we will secure drinking water for you, which I predict by the time we're in office will be a big deal. You better count on it. You better count on it, folks. Anyway, um, the real the real reason this meeting was here is um they are we are tackling the um the announcement that mayor gorton made that the gorton administration is pursuing um creating a new department of housing advocacy right which will merge like eight other departments and i wrote down what those these departments are this will um integrate code enforcement um i forget i my, my handwriting's too bad what did i say uh, the grant people for some reason grant um, grant in special grants and special programs department um, the historic preservation um, the communications and resident services um, the homelessness department homeless defra- um, uh, prevention and then I just wrote affordable houses which I forget what the full name of that is my shorthand isn't that good guys <laughs> um, but anyway so it's like a lot of people and um, of course, we want to. This this committee now wants to add another um, department, uh, another office, rather, another division from a different department into this, which I agree with. They want to add Vice Mayor K wants to add, um, and many others. They want to add planning, which I'm all down for. Right? Who would have thought planning would be a good idea? Well, because the the argument that keeps getting made is that planning also does other things like you know economics and industry or whatever. But um, my argument is like I think housing is more important than those other two things. Um, I think whether I have a you know home uh, you know whether I have a roof over my head is more important than whether we're enticing more Amazon um, development. So local business, local business, folks, such as Amazon yeah local business (laughs) local business tycoons like amazon anyway um so they cited a few um recommendations from the like from the report which whose name i forget but the big report that 
that came out that was like, these are all the things you should be doing, city government, right? And this one's pretty good. Um, so we've kind of, uh, to, quote, to quote Vice Mayor Kay, Steve Kay, um, we've kind of, we kind of gone above expectations for this recommendation, right? Because the original recommendation was to simply just create, um, to create, where did I write this thing down? Um, to create an um, office. Yeah, um, basically to create an office of this so you can have one person in charge of that office ensuring that um, Lafug, um, the city government, is uh, keeping its promise to put people first, um, especially those uh, who need it most um, in their housing um, ventures, right? So there's a few recommendations that came away from that. Um, number one that this office should should receive permanent funding and centralize and oversee all housing needs in our community, right? Number two, um, what did I see? Changing housing code, and this is big, this is cool, to focus on the health, well-being, and protection of our residents, especially those who need it most in neighborhoods um, in its mission, right? So moving, moving um, housing code away from being a um, code enforcement, away from it being a... Um, penalizing thing to it being sort of a more um pro you know like people that live like you know like poor and working class um people who are housing insecure right um and now this is a big one right and this um in my interpretation of this is uh, means very good things for sort of my plight right um so num recommendation number three um the city must keep uh, housing uh, must uh, implement mechanics to keep housing affordable um, and stem the tide of gentrification, right? Um, the city must um, invest in um, in gentrifying neighborhoods, in underdeveloped neighborhoods um, that are in this process of gent um, gentrification, right? So what I what what we are seeing here, right, is a is a call for the city to declare total war, folks. On gentrification right Ooh. and here's the thing right here's the tricky thing about gentrification and um, I used to if you asked me maybe a year ago believe that basically gentrification in the current way um, in the current sort of neoliberal era of city management it was basically unstoppable it was basically this unstoppable force right because gentrification is a market force right and people love markets so how are we gonna convince city governments to um, whole scale intervene right in markets and stop these things well ladies and gentlemen turns out if there's no the the nature of how all right to get a little city um to get a little urban geography on you right the reason gentrification happens is that there is a inherent sort of um generally location defined to a central business district or in you know postmodern times the localized central business district right and there is sort of a curve you can form that is um, that can sort of tell you what the rent of a place should be based on its location to other things, right? Now, what you see right in the you know '70s and '80s um, and ongoing is city centers losing their you know rent value, um, losing their the property values are going down, right? Despite the fact that on this on this um, proximity curve they should be quite high, right? So there is an imbalance in um, in that uh in that um property value right and gentrification is this is people going in 
in in changing the value back to the original value basically um through doing many different things right one of this and, and of course the main strategy here is displacement right now it's easier to do gentrification when you have a city full of renters like in chicago it's incredibly easy to gentrify logan square right because everyone in Lo no one in logan square really owns houses everyone rents there um and as a result um gentrification happens um is a exchange um between landlords right that's right ladies and gentlemen it's landlords that are doing this um freaking landlords fucking landlords they're out there ruining our lives and there's a few things that you can do to stop gentrification from happening right on one hand right so so on one axis right which is the, what the city is pursuing you can simply invest in every local community right because currently like if in, in chicago for instance if the city government puts a bike lane in an underdeveloped neighborhood everyone hates it not because bike lanes are bad but because they know their rent's going to go up right but if the city puts bike lanes everywhere ubiquitously well suddenly there's no there's no curve and there's no difference in that right there's no area that's underdeveloped now right the the cycle in theory just ends right but who's stopping the rent from going up this is where this is where something that was not raised in this but i think is directly implied by simply mandating that the city destroy gentrification right and there's one one simple one weird life hack um that city government can do to stop this thing right and um it of course ladies and gentlemen say it with me rent control um Ooh, rent yeah control. right right and naturally landlords hate this right but um it, honestly like all right stumbling over my words here because landlords hate it it must be good that is my single argument for rent control right i don't need to make you a market-based argument i don't need to make you an ethical-based argument that people deserve to have homes or whatever simply know that landlords do not like rent control and therefore we should be doing everything in our power to have rent control in lexington <laughs> if it if it materially hurts them that's yeah what if we it, want it, to see yeah if it hurts their feelings especially i think if it, the more the more immaterial damage it does these land because here's the thing right rent control will not substantially materially change the life of a you know all the landlords that own all the properties on like red mouth right they're still making more than they ever need in their life right off the backs of you know poor people right like there is, is rent control won't even materially change these people's lives it will just make them upset that they're not making nearly as much money as they once were. So, you know, um, I think this is implied, right, by the um, by the city council adopting, wanting to adopt these things that, um, you know, if the city actually wants to put in mechanisms to stop gentrification, rent control is an obvious one, right? And rent controlled cities are great, ladies and gentlemen. Um, look no further than like Berlin um my apartment in lexington costs more than what it would if my apartment same square footage same kind of location same kind of everything was in berlin i would be paying like 150 dollars less if my apartment was in berlin and you'd have good health care and i would have good health care like this is what i'm saying ladies and gentlemen um rent control now um and uh, don't hesitate to do it it can only bring good things right
also another another sick way to um to deal with both historic preservation and rent and control and all these things right if the city simply became the landlord um we wouldn't have to worry about any of this folks right um just something to think about just something to think about right um or if the people became the landlord if the people became the landlord right um something something that is a little confusing here is that the so they're like so they need to create two new head like like head positions for this um new department right and each one of these people are making like six figures like 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 over over 100 like like a hundred and something thousand dollars and i'm like you don't need that much money to live like why do you it's not that difficult of a job in comparison to anyone else's job you know what i mean like i would say almost like like if you manage like a like a fast food chain you deserve to be making more than the people that are simply ensuring that you know like the government that they work for is doing their job i don't know like it's so this blew me away i feel like you can automate that you can no i mean i don't i don't agree that you can automate it um we're we here are against automation right remember like 10 minutes ago um uh, <laughs> It is it is important to have people that are you know that can oversee whole departments, um, you know, to make sure that the things are running well and that people are talking to each other, right? Um, it just doesn't make any sense to me that we're offering these people like a lot of money to do it, you know, like like it's weird that we're offering these people this much money, but like jobs with comparities with comparatively similar sort of like um work life balance requirements and stuff like that don't. I don't, I don't get a case in point. I don't understand office jobs. I don't know why they pay so much. I don't know why people's salaries are as high as they are. Um, That's the the mystery of the 21st century. The mystery. It was they're really the mystery of the 20th century. Uh, and that too. They, I mean, they really set up the whole, like I work in a salaried job and it's so, but it, it is really funny in the 21st century to see people, you know, with office jobs, like on Twitter being like, Ooh, I don't, I don't like that the minimum wage could be raised. I don't like that they're that, that people that flip burgers are closer to the kind of money I'm making. And I was like, people who flip burgers have an infinitely harder, more difficult job than whatever you're copying in like faxing. And your, they can they actually contribute to. Society. They actually let me say this: I eat when I go to when I go to a restaurant. I I eat and my existence is continued. Right? Um, there is you know whether someone approves the payroll for cops right has no absolutely no bearing on if my life will improve or not like you know what i mean <sighs> all right anyway um uh james <laughs> fred brown right <laughs> this is the same guy who was like trying to raise concerns about um how the uh the construction at tate's creek at the new tate's creek high school was um too loud too noisy right oh this guy this 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 guy was like are we are we allowed to create departments i don't think that's a thing we can do maybe we have to look at a charter or whatever and everyone's like yeah i don't think that's the case and then someone from everyone's favorite department the law department showed up and they're like yeah um the charter actually lets allows allows you all to create destroy and modify departments on a whim as you see fit as we've always done um <laughs> Um, yeah, and the, <laughs> uh, Susan Lamb of District 4 is the chair of this committee, 
um, very enviable position um, for Lamb. I hope she enjoys it because it's um, it's fun because she just gets to go like, yeah, I've been here for a while, Fred. I think we can do this. And then have the law person be like, they're correct. Uh, I enjoy that. Um, I also enjoy uh, Vice Mayor K's um, art that he has behind him. And almost every meeting that the Vice Mayor is at where he's like zooming in from home, he's got some nice art piece in the background. Um, I very much approve. Oh, dang. What kind of art is it? It's art. Like, like what, like abstract art? Impressionist? It's Yeah, it's more like Impressionist. Oh, um, nice. There's like a bridge in the background of it, I oh. think, and I'm like, that's wicked. Good like color. Like Let me Monet. say, folks, if, I haven't, if you haven't been enticed to go look at actual city council meeting footage um, by listening to this podcast previously, do it for Vice Mayor K's art, you know? Can't get enough of that guy. Truly beautiful. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Hannah Legree had a good thing to say. Um, and that was sort of the final comment of the session, which was essentially um, just like uh, an important aspect um, of this department that I don't think we're paying enough attention to is not necessarily the internal functions of the department, but the um, uh, city-facing department, right? The customer service aspect of this department because if you have an issue with like anything in housing you're gonna have to go to these guys right um i think she just said it to me on the record there was no discussion following it but she did make she did make the point um thank you handle agree i voted for you for a reason um and that concludes the city council things i have one final um little uh, bit of news right which we are gonna which is really i'm just on a roll with it it's everyone's favorite it's the fayette county public school board they're at it again folks they've bought more property um and they've bought so they're building a new middle school and they're building it on uh polo club boulevard right and if you don't know where it is i wouldn't blame you it's it's where costco is oh god really yeah it's on the other so it's on the it's on the other side of 75 on the other side of hamburg right um one of the maybe least walkable places and you thought frederick douglas was bad like <laughs> that road the speed limit on that road is like 35 but everyone routinely goes like 75 yeah why of, of, of course right because it looks it looks like an interstate <laughs> it does it, it's, there's also nothing there yeah right it's so it's so bad anyway so they're spending um a lot of money um something around like a little over 40 million dollars on this project pocket right? change pocket change right um, it's going to host 1,200 middle schoolers, right? Really, I thought that number was going to be higher. Um, honestly, I'm like, all I'm saying is that, like, we've if you're spending so much money, right, and they spent a lot of money on acquiring this property, too, something like over $200,000 per acre of this property that they acquired, right? Um, why, why not simply, like, just build your other like actually in the city schools bigger you know i don't i you gotta have a, a middle school for the hamburgians but th- there already is for the hamburgers sc- well the, the hamburgers can simply just go to add a fourth floor to their building i don't know this uh, the fact that there's more people developing out this close is only going to lead to more people demanding more suburbanites demanding that they push the urban service boundary out and i simply there's not enough gun there's not enough guns <laughs> in this city to kill every person that asks for that right <laughs> is all i'm gonna say well okay so there's gonna be there's gonna be three grades 1200 kids says 400 kids per grade 
Um, so it's a graduating class. Assuming they all stay together at 400, which my graduating class was around 300. So really, it's a pretty big graduating class. I have no idea how big or small a graduating class should be. My graduating class was like 50 people. Um, so That's very tiny. Yeah, um, that's what they keep telling me. I've, I've met people who've had 500 people in their graduating class and like yeah. 1,000 people in their graduating class. Cool. And I have two, there's like 290-something. Yeah. All right, so that's we, a we that's can a do, okay, well, Lexington, regular... that's your new goal for middle school is to make, instead of adding another building, simply try to increase a graduating class of middle schoolers to 1,000. And I mean, like, there is, so like eight out of the 12 um, uh, middle, like, middle school, not middle school, there's more than just eight out of the 12 schools in this district um i want to say it's fred brown's district whatever number that is i think it's fred brown's uh, whatever um eight out of 12 of these schools are going to be 100 like like over 100 percent capacity in this next coming year and this is going to be up and built by 2023 so whatever build it if you must um but this is not not very hashtag we like infill of you is all i'm gonna say because that was something we promised we've said we said with the comprehensive plan we're going to be like we're going to be more focused on infill and we're going to stop building out and like what are you doing you're literally the government um so i think this is maybe the and until we see more fuck-ups from actual city council i'm gonna have to direct a lot of my anti-government and energy against the fayette county public school board because um the closest thing well they keep like our city government keeps doing things that i agree with right um, or at least stuff that I can't immediately like say like, hey, this is bad flat out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but Fayette County Public School Board, uh, you can can't just continue. There's always new shit in the news. I, like every week, there's something new with these guys. Um, I don't, huh? Yeah. Well, I, I guess now that you're no longer affiliated, you're never affiliated with. I was them. never affiliated with those guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. you you have you have license to ridicule them. All right, that's the end of my segment. I did it, ladies and gentlemen. I would like a standing ovation if possible. Um, if not, I get it. I get it. Um, and with that, what do you do? You have, do you have anything to say on the side? Um, I'd like to say that you're listening to the middle of lame right now. Oh, whoa! Oh, we're whoa. not listening to the middle of lame right, 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 right now. I I assumed you had something to say before we end. I don't have anything to say. Okay. Stay tuned. All right, shit. Okay, we'll be right back. You're listening to the middle of lame right now in the Lexington anti-establishment Marxist experience. You can follow us on Twitter at LamePod. And you can also shoot us an email, sign us up for your Nigerian prince threats over at LexLamePod at gmail.com. You can give us five stars if you think we deserve it over on iTunes. And you can share it with your friends, your mom, your cat, your dog, your mailman, your mailwoman. And uh, let's continue on with the show. You guys are listening to Lame, the Lexington anti-establishment Marxist experience. I am Aaron. I'm Jenry. Praise B. It's side B. It's side B. Uh, today we are going to be doing a brief history of railways in Lexington. God, I hope it's brief because I was, uh, you know, I've been hearing about this uh, so-called triangle proposal. That we've been having for a while. A classic, yeah. The the classic triangle between Lexington, Louisville, and Covington. And I thought, oh, I'm going to look into this. Uh Uh-huh. So here we are. 
All right. I've looked into this. Um, a lot of my information comes from the Lexington History Wikipedia, mm. which you can access at lexhistory.org. And nice. the link will be in the show notes. All right. Um, so we had uh, humble beginnings in uh, the history of Lexington Transport. Um, what we what we started with initially was uh, we were the hub for imports into the eastern United States. So from the frontier into the east mm-hmm. and also from the east into the frontier. And so the, the east was distributing to the frontier, um, mostly by wagon. This is before the invention of the train. We have things like hemp, tobacco, meat, whiskey. And those are mostly to places like your favorite place, New Orleans. Mm, we love to see it. We love to see it, folks. Yes. Um, eventually, though, wagons became obsolete mm. because of this new invention called the steamboat. Ah, yes. And the steamboat really um, didn't help Lexington. No, it did not. Um, it did protect us from a bunch of disease, mostly. Yes. And that's the good side of it. Um, I don't know. That's why, as a proud Lexingtonian, I always say, fuck Mark Twain. <laughs> um, and so Lexington, of course, being close to all the rivers that we are, mm-hmm. um, definitely did not benefit from uh, the steamboat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so city officials wanted to invest in rail. As a result, the first line was between Lexington and Frankfurt, mm-hmm. uh, the planned one with a stop in Louisville. Yes. Um, in 1832, the Lexington and Ohio Railroad began construction on this segment into Frankfurt. In 1833, the line was halfway done. And, of course, thus began the town of Midway. Mm. Yes. I've been to if, – if you haven't been to Midway, folks, it's – um charming it's, it's it's cool it's curious right yeah it's an interesting little spot mm. and so the town of midway was invented because they were halfway done building the railroad and yeah and that, was, that was it all right it was well, midway yeah um in 1835 the line was completed and you could get to frankfurt in two hours 29 minutes that's not bad almost twice the speed of commuting today amen <laughs> And uh, over the years, Lexington expanded its railroads into surrounding areas like Covington and Nicholasville, mm. as well as Maysville and Paris. Yeah. We were starting to get more branched out. We were becoming the transportation hub yeah. of central Kentucky. You can you can only hope, right? Um, and then the Civil War happened. Yeah, all right. And then we had uh, rail heavily being used by the Union uh, to supply their troops. Indeed. Um, but this was the beginning of the end. Yeah. Uh, and in the 1890s, smaller railroads began to consolidate into Louisville and Nashville, uh, the Southern Railway and the CNO, mm-hmm. everyone's favorite, Chesapeake and Ohio. Uh, at its peak, there was never a direct, direct connection from Lexington to Louisville, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, it makes sense. We don't, um, like, we don't really care that much for each other. Yeah, you could never, you'd have to always go through somewhere, but you can never go like directly from Lexington. You had to, you had to change lines. I think I it also it I mean one like classic thing for railroad companies to do two I'm sure Frankfurt loved that yeah you had to either do a Lawrenceburg or Frankfurt line transfer mm. um, which was absolutely crazy um, then in 1904 two Ohioans flew some kites in North Carolina and single-handedly destroyed an industry yeah honestly as two two bicycle brothers really yeah, wrecked just, wrecked just the train two, two idiot bicycling ohioans were like we're gonna we're gonna revolutionize the trains or whatever and we've been paying the price for it every single day 
And since then, the car and the airplane have led to declining ridership going into the post-war period in the 1950s. Okay, well, that's a big jump. Yes. There's a big, there's a big, <laughs> I, you might have, if I listened to that correctly, you tried, I think you did try to pin the automobile on the Wright brothers, which <laughs> I think, I think I take some issue with. We all, we all know Orville Wright, credited inventor of the automobile. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. Between uh, between that and uh, World War II, there really wasn't much happening in the terms of, um, like, trains. Yeah, uh, they were mostly being used for mail, um, yeah. mm-hmm. which was happening in Lexington. Love to see that. Yeah, we had some interesting mm-hmm. uh, interesting history in, uh, in terms of Lexington. Um, a lot of the, the rail lines that uh, still – or that used to be there, you can still see the remnants today mm-hmm. if you know um, – well, like where the transit center is, mm-hmm. they have that little well there, and there's all the the overpasses. Um, that's where the train tracks used to be. Yeah. And uh, we had Union Station. And, oh God, uh, rest in peace. Union there. Station now a literal parking garage. Now, Ta- but it's a spiral parking garage. Oh, it's the yeah, the Helix parking garage. I honestly, the Helix parking garage is only good for getting onto the um, police department's uh, roof and um, spray painting graffiti or whatever. <laughs> Um, everyone's favorite pastime everyone's favorite pastime and if you haven't you should it's a real lexington tradition truly um and so yeah the the rail in lexington has been declining ever since the wright brothers and their invention of of the airplane and the decline of just passenger every everything went bad is essentially um basically listen to uh arlo guthrie city of new orleans he explains it to you in that yeah um (laughs) in a in a succinct manner yeah um and then now csx owns everything yeah um, of course now uh well we i mean we got uh, don't count us out we got our local homeboy heroes rj corman oh um, yeah yeah a company that does deserve to rot in hell but um they are they're what we got folks um unfortunately though in 1968 we took out the railways here in lexington because yes. they were causing congestion mm. But you know what you can't have on on uh, on train tracks? Traffic. Well, yeah, exactly. They simply go. They um, simply just go. Yeah. And in uh, the seventies, Richard in fact, Nixon building building more rail, building more <laughs> lanes of rail actually does work. Yes. I'll, I'll even go as far and say that. But you can't do that with highway lanes. Exactly. Anyway, keep going. Um. Yeah. Richard Nixon, <sighs> a true true numtot. I don't want to hear. Nationalized our railway That's not industry. A, any into, any into any Amtrak. This is why I can't stand. I used to be a big Numtak guy, and I can't stand Numtak because they're like they think Amtrak's good. <laughs> like Amtrak, I can't. Amtrak was like this, like they're like Amtrak was this like shitty, like um, like holdover kind of. All right, well we'll nationalize it, but then we'll just sort of let it die quietly and go into the night, right? <laughs> Which is um, what they're trying to do. It's like, you know, it's like we didn't get anything good. Like, every other major form of transit has, like, a real federal agency with real rails. But for some reason, they created, they nationalized this service, right? But then they were like, okay, Nash service, we just nationalized. We need you to run a profit. Like, <laughs> fuck off. It's it's so frustrating. And, uh, well, now that Joe Biden's in the White House, we might finally get the, yeah, the Amtrak. Yeah, Am- Amtrak daddy. Of um i like uh, sure i mean yeah whatever uh, maybe he'll make the northeastern quarter slightly fast corridor slightly faster but like <laughs> let me say this right it, uh, during the election on twitter everyone kept posting that rap that map of like having high, uh, amtrak all throughout the u.s and have high speed rail all through the u.s right oh that's not that's not going to happen in joe yeah, biden's presidency. yeah no absolutely absolutely not but right like the 
I I put that exactly in line with like the promise that we're gonna get two thousand dollar checks in the mail if you vote for <laughs> Democrats. So that's like right. Like if if we if we couldn't pull off sending every American a a two K check, we can't pull off doing high speed rail. No. I've officially given that up. would be that would be even more of a uh, of a headache. This I mean this is why I I i like doing this local podcast because like when i do the my local section most of the time the news is like somewhat promising but as soon as we turn our eye on the national stage just like we're going to hell well we're we're narrowing our scope now to the uh, to to the local scene all right how how are we doing in in may of 1999 oh dear there was a study published mm. by the kentucky department of transportation which you can look up it's called the 1999 high-speed rail proposal it was by uh, Wilbur Smith Associates. Mm. The Kentucky government hired these people to see whether or not it'd be viable to set up high-speed rail between is, Lexington, Covington, and Frank. And this is, is this is the triangle. This is the triangle. All right. There's a PDF. You can look it up. Um, and uh, it was basically an effort to connect the airports yes. between those locations because. Let's say, for example, you live in Lexington. Right. And, and you don't want to go out of your shitty bluegrass airport because everything costs money and you'll have to transfer mm-hmm. anyways. Let's say you want to go to somewhere like New York City. Right. And, and Lexington doesn't fly to New York City. Yeah. And, you, and let's, say, let's say you want to go to just like one of the largest airports in the region, right? <laughs> you can do it, folks. CVG's right there if you just get on a train. You can. Yes. So that was their goal because right now the, uh, the options are drive. Yeah, after I've <laughs> let me say this, I've done the horrible, horrible deed of convincing um, friends of mine to drive me to CVG at like 5 a.m. And you know, you horrible person. Yeah, right. Like while they, while these people are still my friends, like I, <laughs> for now, nothing drives a spike like that by then asking someone to drive you to the airport and it's not the local airport. Yes, and and uh, these were pretty these were pretty high speed proposed. I mean, relatively in terms of uh, what we deal with in Kentucky, because there are uh, a couple Amtrak stops in Kentucky, and Amtrak routinely goes thirty five miles per hour. Yeah. I was gonna say it was like anything faster than twenty five is high speed enough for me, honestly. Yes. So these were these were put in at one twenty five, which oh, is actually wow. yeah pretty nice. That's uh, as long if it's better than the interstate, then I'm really my interest is really peaked. I mean, you can go one. I've gotten five twenty five. <laughs> before i'm out in parkway oh my god um i don't think my i don't think my car is physically fast enough i think it's i think it tops out at like 101 or something they had uh they had two alternatives for route frequencies they either had six stops or four stops okay so uh it was definitely going to be lexington frankfurt louisville and covington god well you would hope but then but then they were also considering two other places but i, I couldn't tell which what the other two places were um for some reason crittenden is my guess <laughs> dry ridge yeah like dry ridge that's dry ridge that is where dry ridge crittenden that area is where um that is where i got my car that is where that Ooh. is the origin story for story for it um it probably would be georgetown would be one of them uh, georgetown is kind of off axis um right do i mean i don't know i feel like they would they would have a train stop in georgetown yeah, I don't George, know. I they're like, like georgetown's they too do. close um so the four stops in terms of uh just raw uh raw materials and everything um would cost 38 million and then the uh six stops would cost 42 million okay that's the same price as giving 
uh, as as that one middle school I talked about last time. <laughs> uh, fuck the children. I need my train now. Uh, but but Maglev was also considered. Oh my god. <laughs> which <laughs> which it's was... so bullshit. <laughs> just I want just give me some rails. So they thought about maglev, which would give you 250 miles an hour. Okay, but sure. But then, but then they decided not to do that. Yeah, because maybe they're like, oh, we maybe want to run other something else than a maglev. What if we wanted to run any <laughs> any freight on this line? So, so their main assessment was, um, they they were estimating 93,000 riders a year, um, for an Amtrak style service. But uh-huh. um, here's here's what here's what gets me, um, is that when they were estimating. They, when they're estimating the price, the ticket prices for these, uh-huh. they they said um, they were basing it, and they said based on what a comparable Amtrak ticket would cost plus fifty percent, because in comparison, it is an enhanced service. That's so funny. I'm so, it's, <laughs> I, I like like even even they're like yeah, Amtrak's bottom of the barrel. <laughs> I would lo- I think I mean if if only this came true because a um a Lexing a Kentucky run um uh totally kentucky intra rail service would be awesome exactly it was it was gonna run between um 6 a.m to 10 p.m with four trains and they were gonna have a fifth one as a spare exciting so you're gonna buy five trains nice um I and- this would be let me say this if i didn't have to drive i'd probably go to um i'd probably go to like i'd probably go to cincinnati or Louisville, like probably a lot more than i do if you um, could do maglev at 250 yeah fuck it i don't want maglev I, I want I maybe I'm, I want my I want my infrastructure to last a little. Um. So here's here's the biggest problem though with um, with with the whole plan because right, hit me. because Kentucky Kentucky wants everything to make money. Well, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll be they're freaked out because they are mandated to run a budget. Right? And so in order to do that, they would have to charge you thirty four dollars and fifty cents per Ugh. ticket. Ugh. I'd say do it anyway. <laughs> Um, and then and then that was based on what i said earlier which which was quoted that was directly verbatim what they said yeah if i can if i convince you to if i convince them to just use their legal weed money on that will that (laughs) will that make it better yes um and so they said by comparison it takes about 15 dollars to drive one way by car um that's about what i get because uh uh we simply should just tax gas stations more there we go there Problem we go <laughs> i we can i uh, i'll just tax people more how about have you considered just raising taxes kentucky um and so using using this we were they were able to determine that the revenue was about uh five to seven million dollars like in profit and profit they're going to make five to seven million dollars that's how much they would bring in why would you need to make money off this venture you just need to run um, it and because of operating costs it was projected that the proposed rail system would run at a deficit of 436 million dollars okay so seven million when i asked you if it was seven million in profit and you said yes you were lying seven million in revenue okay yeah all right so um they're running at a deficit of 436 million jesus christ so that so that got that got kicked off. Yeah, we'll simply tax everyone more. I'm yes. Um, but the thing is, right? If you like, you don't you don't have to pay for all of it at once with taxes. And exactly. everybody's like, well, we're gonna raise our taxes. That's not how that works. Um, exactly. But there is hope for the future. Oh, I'm. I yes. One can only hope, right? Um, there is this thing that is called the Midwest Regional Rail Initiative. Okay. Have you heard of this? Right. Yeah, I, I, the name sounds familiar. Yes, it's, it's, it's the latest ambitious project 
by the local state governments of Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, and Wisconsin. <laughs> no Kentucky? And Minnesota. Well, uh, um, tangentially. Okay, um, sure. Because it goes to, one of the plans is for it to go to Cincinnati. Yeah. And if Cincinnati does well, then Kentucky is going to do well. Yeah. Um, so, hopefully that's something that, that will work out. God, God willing. Um, and uh, we will we will only see time time can only tell um, as far as that goes um, and so that was proposed in like 2006 and uh, I checked on their website oh. I checked on this the the DOT of Minnesota's website and they have like maybe a couple miles of track laid down so as you can see it's coming at a blistering pace oh, and as, as is per usual in the transportation world I, on it I just just want to flee the country i just want to like <laughs> like i <laughs> the only thing holding me back folks is that it's very difficult to run a local lexington news podcast when you're living like in france i mean that's basically where you live lancaster shitty as it is is at least in the orbit is <laughs> at least <laughs> it's still the next closest city still lexington um and uh yeah that's that's pretty much my little deep dive into uh into trains all right um is lex uh what's what, what was that website lex uh lexhistory.org slash wikilex slash railroads look it up folks ask your local representatives when we're gonna get the trains um, please I... don't stop pestering hannah legree and lishian and all the Abby, counselors yeah I mean, well that's the one thing right okay so this is my take on it right Regional rail, good, um, but pestering our local Lexington representatives to put, like, rail in Lexington? Even better. No, honestly. People that want streetcars in Lexington, my honest answer is to tell them to fuck off because we don't have the money. Cincinnati can't do it. Cincinnati rolled it out, and it's, like, only if you want to go to over the Rhine and back. It's only if you want to gentrify one place. It's on one street. It go yeah it goes one from the cent like one central business to, it, like it, it it would be on North Line every every dollar spent on a streetcar project in Lexington would be way way better spent on funding our bus service right <laughs> instead of pursuing a streetcar thing if we took all the money it would take to set up some shitty streetcar right it would we could take it and build an actually robust bus service that people might actually use if you want to if you want to go from one part of uh new circle to the other you don't have to go through the transit center yeah who knows maybe who knows maybe we'll be lucky maybe they'll let us um uh well maybe they'll let us uh you know go um concentrically in lexington if we have <laughs> if we have the money i mean if maybe the budget allows for it. it you know like like that's the like the really the the in my opinion the missing ingredient for Lextran, it's not even that you can't do it concentrically. It's just that like the buses run at weird times, and like you know, they're just it, we simply just need to run more buses more frequently in more places. Like my favorite thing about Lextran, and I, I've sent you pictures of this, is uh, when when there's a when there's a uh, stop outage, and mm-hmm. then they have the English and Spanish portions. Yeah, and then they just don't write in Spanish in the Spanish portion. They'll put like transit center. <laughs> And the in the in interesting, the, which I don't know what Spanish for transit center is, but I don't think it's transit center. I guess they just assume that transit center is like it's a proper noun. We get to call it that. Okay, uh, but then they'll put like effective until Friday. Well, 
if you sp if you speak Spanish and you live in Lexington, one can only hope that you know what Friday is. That's all I'll say on the matter. But it is goofy that they. I don't know. It, it is. It is goofy. Yeah. Um, but this concludes our this concludes our little deep dive into into rails. All right. All right. I had a good time. I thought it was fun. Yeah. No. This was this was good. Um. It's made me really um, really just just think about what we could have had and and in the future that could have been. Um. Uh. But we can make it ours, ladies and gentlemen, if we just try a little harder. Um. And that's all I'll say. And on that note, it's happened again. Honestly, yeah, right? You've wasted another perfectly good hour listening to Lame. Yeah. We'd like to thank our esteemed executive producer. Charlie Carey, thank you for all the work that you do to make this podcast what it is. Very, We would not be where we are without you. Uh, we wouldn't. Um, and uh, I would like to put put special thanks out to um, uh, we, uh, special thanks out um, to Blake Hall for um for for securing us securing us the elusive the elusive follow you made <laughs> you single-handedly are the reason that the well there's your problem podcast people are following us on twitter and um for that we owe you um i don't know how we can repay you um we are we are just two idiots with microphones um but uh uh this is we've we've got it so we've got the i really honestly thought it was going to be a lot easier to get the true billy follow and then try and get the will is your problem follow later right but now it's now it's the other way we've already gotten the more difficult one right um now we now it's time to convince um terrence and the gang um that they need to follow us on twitter and sort of my like my 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 trifecta of podcasting yes. will be complete then uh then we'll have the uh the gauntlet of, yes of the gauntlet all, all all two podcasts that i listen to yes. the gauntlet will be complete um uh our social medias our social media you've uh, already listened you know you've already listened yeah. you know it's in the show notes and uh and even though uh jim gray proposes maglevs instead of interstate highways whenever he hears us say it if only this is lame Riding on the city of New Orleans Illinois Central, Monday morning rail Fifteen cars and fifteen restless riders Three conductors, twenty-five sacks of mail All along the southbound Odyssey Don't you know me? I'm your name.